Ah, Grand Moth Tarkin, I am honored by your visit. Welcome to Grand Moff Talkin', delicately curated, long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga, tailored to the modern fanatic, brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your hosts, Riley. Hello. Jake. Hey. And me, Jasmine. Hi. We're here, electronically, in your ear holes. <laughs> Ooh, but Another it's going to sound so good, no one's it even going to know. It is going to yeah. sound good. Hope I know at least two hopefully, of us. Hopefully, <laughs> Jake. Okay. Two of us are going to sound good. <laughs> I'm not a scientist. I'm not a sound ecologist. No, I know. You should be. <laughs> One of my favorite things I've ever stumbled across was I was like out of town and I was just flipping around like the AM radio stations to see what weird local programming they had. And there was this like fresh air-esque interview that they were doing. And I think it was like on a Christian radio station, but they were interviewing a guy who described himself as a sound ecologist. And what exactly does that job entail? So he was like, I like he studies sound. He captures sound in nature because there's just so much noise now with technology and things. Hmm. So this, you know, silence, the sound of forest and stuff. And so eventually the interviewer asked him what his favorite sound was. And he said the sound of a train. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it sounded like a comedy bang bang bit. That does. That it, does sound his like His favorite it. sound was not from nature at all. It was amazing. But I looked it up later and I found like the transcript of it online. I was like, okay, that was a real guy. That was a real thing that happened. That wasn't And a that's the thing. kind of stuff we like to talk about on Stream <laughs> <laughs> Off Talking. Exactly. Sorry. Today we're talking about train sounds. Our episode <laughs> on train sounds. Do your best train sound impression. Woo woo. <laughs> that's one going by i'm not gonna do it um so yeah week today we're gonna do something that we mentioned i think in the last episode we're gonna start it off we're gonna start our script for episode nine right right yeah buddies a little peek behind the creative process Mm -hmm. Mm, yes is it gonna be good don't know Time will bad? tell. Time Maybe. Will tell. Specifically, six months will tell. Yes, six months. Yeah. So we're going to... Here's the thing. Are we... I guess we're just going to, like, write this script, but are we going to have to, like, read it all out on the show and everything? We're going to have to, right? Eventually, yes. Yeah, I mean, eventually. I think I think there's going to have to be work that's done off mic. Yes, there probably. will be some. And so, like, by the time we record, maybe next time... Or maybe not next time, but like the third time. We'll put to, <clears throat> we'll put together like a rough draft, mm-hmm. and we'll go through it and like kind of maybe work out the kinks and talk about what's working and not working. But like today, my thought was just brainstorming session, blue skying, as they say. Yeah, as they say, know. we all know. As everyone say that. says, yeah, as writing ecologists say <laughs> i love um, writing trains <laughs> <laughs> i love writing the sound of a train phonetically can, can we agree right now that there has to be a train in episode nine can i tell you something that is something that i want to see you know how i feel about train sequences in i know movies. space so train there we go. sounds like we have our first element of the script space train I, you know i'm gonna put it in there i'm gonna put <laughs> things we want to see space train space train <laughs> This is exactly the kind of stuff I want to get in there. 
I don't know about you guys, but for me, I'm curious to, like, I want to glean from this, no matter how good or bad this ends up being. I kind of want to see what it's like to have a very specific deadline and to see how hard it is to write a movie. And obviously, we don't have to worry about, like, production. We don't have to worry about, like, props need to start making stuff. We have to start building sets. We have to start getting costumes for the actors and art department Mm -hmm. has to start working up stuff. We're just giving ourselves a deadline to write anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, literally anything. But but by the end of the the six episodes, we have to have the story completed. We have to we have to be in a, a place where we would start production. Right, we have to have a shooting script. Yeah, yeah, shooting scripts. Hey, <laughs> and obviously we will be. Right, uh, directing this as well. Obviously, Full <laughs> special get the actors. And- <laughs> We've already got Daisy Ridley on board, and she said she's going to get John Boyega. So, oh, if we got her, we got John. Yeah, <laughs> if we got John, we got Oscar. Yep, Adam Driver. He's an enigma, yep. but I think we have enough deleted scenes of him from the previous two movies that we can seamlessly <laughs> integrate him into this. <laughs> Honestly, we could put anybody in that helmet. Yeah, that's true. Honestly, we could put uh, Mark Thompson in that helmet. <laughs> but should I you? have to pay him. On the other hand, he does do a good Kylo. He does a, he does a great Kylo. Oh, uh, you like, guys are taking my word on it, but I'm insisting. Uh, that's true. I have not heard this Kylo, and you know I am not quick to defend Mark Thompson. That's true. Um, okay, so I don't know where we want to start, but I think probably um, we should maybe start by just. Um, Pretending episode nine doesn't exist. Should we pretend that it doesn't exist at all? I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do that every day already, it so it'll day. be easy for you. Um, but supposedly, like, when Terrio and J.J. Abrams came on board, they didn't use anything from Colin Trevorrow's script, and Terrio didn't even read it. So I think that we should pretend that okay. episode nine doesn't exist. Okay. Yeah. So then we're starting off where episode eight left off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, so we like, got we can't little Broomboy looking of... up at the sky. Broomboy. Yeah. Cut Broom to Broomboy's friend, Jim. <laughs> Jim. Jim Broomington. <laughs> it's been okay. 20 years and Broomboy is now a Jedi Knight. <laughs> I mean, okay, let's, let's start with that. Do we want to like start with like, maybe we should go by character. Would that be a reasonable place to start? Let's start with um, the state of, like, the Jedi and Rey. I mean, how far in the future do we want to go for this? Well, and here's the big decision we need to make. Mm -hmm. What do we do about Carrie Fisher? Because, see, this is a big challenge that they had. They had to reuse footage. We don't know all the footage that's there. All we know is the stuff that's in Episode Nine. So do we have to keep, if we want Leia, do we have to keep the things that are in Episode Nine? That's a great question. Maybe we should at least say, yeah, like we can use the dialogue that yeah. exists there. Because and we're, we're very I guess limited. any dialogue that Leia has ever said, <laughs> we can technically reuse. So the movie starts with Leia saying, someone get this walking carpet out of my way. We're going yeah. back to a new hope. <laughs> well, that's a tricky thing or that you know, they talk Empire. about in behind the scenes is like, you can't just use her dialogue because it has to match the intonation that she originally said it. Yeah. So like you have to write around her delivery. Right. 
It's and a on, whole... you, you have to write around our age. I make a joke, but we can't really use dialogue from A New Hope. You have to use stuff from this newest trilogy, really. Unless you're doing like a flashback or something. Yeah, yeah. her voice sounds different, am just like I, all their voices. Am I weird for just wanting to start the movie with Leia's funeral and not have her do anything with Kylo's redemption? Man, I think it's, yeah, it's tough. With the benefit of hindsight, and when we saw what they did in episode nine, I think that I... I mostly like what they did. I think that they almost tried to do too much. Like if they yeah. would have just had her be in the background for a couple scenes, it would have been fine. But I think, I don't know. It's also hard to imagine her having nothing to do with Ben coming back. I or with does, or does just ben with the come, plot. Does Ben come back? There's the other thing we have to decide. Oh, there's let's, so many things. We're not going to finish this. Logistics are, <laughs> this is going to be you tough. You know what? What we should maybe start doing is formulating a story that maybe doesn't necessarily need Leia in a central role mm -hmm. and just yeah. seeing how that looks. But yeah, you, you have to address her not being there or you have to find a way to get her there. Yeah. You know what I'm already learning is that I'm stressed and it's hard to write movies. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> we, why have we done this? What, what was interesting when I was like thinking about us doing this is like, I'm already starting to understand that you can't make everybody happy because I know that not everybody here agrees on whether or not Ray and Kylo should have any kind of romantic connection right. or tension, at least whatsoever. And whatever decision we make is going to be is going to irritate somebody else. Yeah, that's which true. is interesting. Yeah, the three of Maybe us not are necessarily probably not us. Going to, the three of us are probably not going to agree on this script at the very end for writing it together. There's going <laughs> to be we might things. not agree on everything about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think even if there's something that we like one of us doesn't like, we still have to try to find the best possible version of it. Mhm. Mm Cuz this is a group project. Guys. This is a group project. So, do we talk about things that we all <sighs> So we we all agree we need to do something with Leia, but that mm -hmm. her role should be a little less prominent perhaps. Right? Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make a new thread of just Leia question mark. Okay. And that there's no bullet points currently under that one. Here's I have the one other... bullet point, which is space train. Here's the other big thing I think we <laughs> might all agree on. Okay. Ray is not a Palpatine. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. She's we definitely all, not a Palpatine. We all yeah. don't no. want her to be a or Palpatine. Or anybody not or, related to anybody. Yeah, yeah. She's just kind of Ray mm -hmm. from nowhere. Yes. Um, yeah. That does take out one of, well, I guess it doesn't necessarily take it out, but I was going to say it, it's possible she could still end the movie as Rey Skywalker, but she doesn't have to. Yeah. And mm -hmm. honestly, if she wasn't Rey Palpatine, I think her ending as Rey Skywalker because of, because of choosing that name is more satisfying to me than her being a Palpatine and taking the name mm -hmm. at the end. Um, one thing that's um, interesting in that art book is that back like in 2014, after Force Awakens was done, like, shooting, I think, or while it was in production, but, you know, before Episode 8 was being worked on, they, they reproduced in the art book this transcript of a story group meeting, and, like, Dave Filoni is there, and Pablo Hidalgo's there, and it really, they were all really talking about already Rey becoming the, the metaphorical Skywalker at the end of the thing, so mm -hmm. that seems like it was something on the story group's mind from the beginning. Mm -hmm. We don't have to end up agreeing with them. Yeah, but it did seem like that that little nugget at least felt like something that they wanted, at least in a metaphorical way, for her to kind of be the new Skywalker. 
here's which yeah, I think and, she and, kind of already is. Yeah, and I'm I'm totally fine with that. I I yeah, that's not my biggest issue with the the movie as is is her taking the Skywalker name. Uh, Palpatine is Ray Palpatine is really the biggest my biggest gripe yeah. with the movie. Yeah, here's Absolutely, here's yeah. an idea. Um, because I like the idea of Palpatine being in the movie. I don't I like. Do too. I don't like the execution of how it was done in the Rise of Skywalker. But I, you know, the trailer with Palpatine in it, it was just like the greatest moment mm-hmm. in human history. All of all all of the moments. That was the greatest yeah, one. That was the one. <laughs> but I kind of like the idea of Ray communing with the Jedi. Like we can have scenes of her talking with Obi Wan or Mace Windu or something like that. And yeah. at the same time, Kylo is talking to Palpatine and um, Snoke, even from like from beyond mm-hmm. the grave. Like we have the two, we have all of the Jedi influencing Rey, and we have all of the Sith influencing Kylo throughout this movie. So maybe yeah. Palpatine is in it, but he's Force Ghost Palpatine, and he's not coming back. But he is trying to get Kylo to, uh, he's trying to influence Kylo. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put that in our what we want. I agree. Um, I think a theme, like if we're going to go through characters, like what Ryan Johnson talked about, his process, which I think is what pretty much any writer's process is, is trying to figure out what the greatest challenge each one of these characters can face. But I think a meta challenge of a follow-up to The Last Jedi and a conclusion of the Skywalker saga is what does it mean to be a Jedi? Yeah. Because I feel like we leave the last Jedi in a place where the, the lesson seems to be the Jedi don't need to end, but they do need to change. Mm-hmm. Um, legacy uh, shouldn't implicitly be important, but we also need legacy. We need like, we need stories. We need hope. We need legends to inspire us. You know, it doesn't end with Luke rejecting the Jedi and rejecting his legacy as Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. how does one, if there's going to be more Jedi, what does that look like? And I think maybe Rey trying to figure that out, maybe with some help from Luke or communing with Jedi past, that I feel like needs to be part of the story in some way. Yep, I agree. Jasmine? I also agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking uh, here. I I kind of like the way that the even though the books are are of varying quality, I like the way the Jedi end up in the New Jedi Order series. Um mm-hmm. they seem like a good mix of of like at the end of the New Jedi Order series. Well, just just throughout them. I just like that Luke's Jedi Academy like they've gotten the ridiculous rule of you can't love anybody. You know, Luke is married. Yeah. <laughs> that right. that's a that's a right. rule that everyone I think can agree doesn't make any sense. Um and if you really truly want to be a, a compassionate person, then you need to be able to feel compassion in your life and feel passion in your life. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I like the idea of of um Ray eventually settling on on a new Jedi order that is not that is kind of a mix of of the you know the republic Jedi and the in something new where they don't have to follow all of those rules completely because obviously 
they tried that and it doesn't work. <laughs> yes, I so I I like the idea of the story starting with a scrappy new Jedi Academy. Mm, so we've kind already got of, new Jedi. Yes. Mm. Um, my here, I have a few nebulous ideas that I would like to see if I can just kind of throw out a few general plot points that I kind of had in my head that might be cool before going into episode nine that weren't touched upon. The biggest one for me and the like most interesting thing about the Skywalkers that has never really been explored is Shmi Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And my idea, and I kind of started to write this out a little bit, would be like starting with a flashback, um, you know, after the crawl recedes and we see stars and we would pan down to uh, like nighttime on a desert planet and we see this young girl who has been she's like in this shabby shack somewhere and she's like been knocked out she has like blood on her head like somebody knocked her out and she looks around and realizes that something has happened we don't know what she's thinking in this moment but she's like oh my god oh crap and so she runs outside her house and is running through the streets clearly looking for somebody and she sees a ship taking off and she's like no 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 oh my god and so she runs to, like, the local shipyard and is like, I need to get off this planet. My parents, they left me here. And they're like, who are you? And she's like, Shmi. Like, Shmi who? And she kind of, like, looks up where that ship was. And in that moment, we don't know if she's, like, making up a name or whatever. But she says Skywalker. And they're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and, you know, kind of in that moment, she's looking around and seeing you know, people getting chips implanted in their arms for, you know, the slave trade on Tatooine. We kind of discern that this is Tatooine. And we basically starting the story with Shmi in a very similar place that Rey was, where Rey was abandoned somewhere and had to start a new life. Mm -hmm. Um, But also kind of implying in that moment that Shmi is pregnant, you know, like maybe she has like a cramp in her stomach and, you know, something's wrong. I thought she was Um, a little kid. Not a little kid, oh. like a teenager, like the <laughs> okay. age that we find Ray at the beginning okay. of. Uh, okay, <laughs> you I did say kid. Yes, <laughs> I swear I thought you said she was a kid at the beginning. Yeah. I, mean, I meant kid in the sense that you know kids these days. <laughs> kids these days, they're just getting. Kids pregnant. these days are anybody that's younger than me. Okay, that's true. So she's twenty-seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was kind of the. I liked the idea of, um, like Ray's parents. It, the implication in The Last Jedi was that they were like Shmi Skywalker, mm-hmm. but didn't take the idea of having a force sensitive child very well and became a drunk and like sold off their kid. And I like that maybe we begin with Shmi's story and kind of, I don't know, drawing parallels between that and, and Ray's story, not answering any big mythological questions of like who she is or where she came from. But at least calling back that character who started everything seems important to me. If this is going to be the last movie of all the movies, yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. the other thing. So if we're if we're starting with Shmi, then it's really like we're we're calling the same shot that JJ did, where we're like, this is concluding all nine movies, and I don't want to think... fall into the same trap as Rise of Skywalker, where we're trying to do two things, where we're trying to satisfy the the entire saga and also the trilogy. I think to me, like 
I'm okay with thematically tying things together, mm-hmm. like kind of just drawing a similarity between Shmi Skywalker, who was a nobody who happens to, you know, go on creating this huge legacy, um, even though she herself was, as far as we know, a nobody, and drawing yeah. that parallel between Rey, who is a nobody, um, but it's going to go on to have this huge important legacy. Um, I like the idea of like thematically tying things together, um, but I don't think that there should be something like in episode nine where, um, you know, this was all part of the plan for minute one. <laughs> he always <laughs> out in the shadows had these disciples that we never heard of. And this was, he wanted to die maybe. Right. You know, I don't, I like the idea of, I've always liked it when Star Wars like ties themes together. Um, even when it just, you know, ties musical themes together, it's cool. So I think I doing that kind of thing is okay. But I don't feel the need to, like, flash back to, like, you know, if we're going to have, like, a Palpatine force apparition of some kind, I don't think we need to, like, begin the movie at the end of Return of the Jedi and show him falling down the shaft and turning into a ghost or something, <laughs> <Right>. you know? <laughs> but I like, the, I like the idea of tying something back in thematically to episode one. The idea of Palpatine's ghost, like, floating up the shaft, though, and he looks like a classic, like, Scooby-Doo ghost where he goes to a point <laughs> at the bottom. That sounds kind of yeah. fun, actually. <laughs> I, don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Um, I, my vision of, like, what a Palpatine force ghost would look like, by the way, I, I kind of like the, the idea that, I mean, we have to figure out what kind of canon we're going to be looking at. Like, if if Kylo, say, is going to be trying to commune with his heroes who have fallen you know what does that look like are, are, are the sith people who like have to hold themselves together with machines and like hatred in the force or can they just be like a nebulous ghost or spirit i think i i kind mm-hmm. of saw it in my head that like he would be kind of this like warped like apparition like you would like in this kind of like blue warbled mist you would kind of see his face but you would never see like a fully formed like, yeah he Obi-Wan. wouldn't be like obi-wan sitting on a log in return of the jedi mm. he'd be a yeah, little more would, yeah it would be something more like more malformed a little yes. more spooky <laughs> and like more like it's really hard for the sith to even be mm-hmm. doing this yes, like i agree yeah they don't like have that. the knowledge that the jedi have in that way yeah they're not at I'm peace. Gonna put down you know sith the jedi the jedi are at peace when they are in that position and the whole reason they get there is because they're at peace and the sith are not at peace so it's harder for them to to maintain that yeah i i like that another plot idea that i i had that might be cool was and i think one thing we can all agree on is finn we we need to tie together the stormtrooper thing and he Mm. needs to be the face of stormtrooper rebellion stormtrooper rebellion yeah and kind of the anti either like anti first order propaganda or whatever but like he needs to kind of own that part of his history um in a in a big way i think that would be cool there there could be a scene somewhere in the movie of either kylo and hux or someone um talking about how they've lost another like troop squad that was supposed to go yeah. up against was supposed to go up against the rebels and you know somehow all the troopers disappeared but they couldn't find their body like you know Finn mm-hmm. the implication is that yeah. Finn has been turning 
people, first order people to his side. That's good. I like it. And I think any kind of like little bit of world building that you can just like throw in a line of dialogue like that. Yeah. I think is good because that's generally what Star Wars does. It's not. And like following that, Hux and Kylo could be in the elevator and they'd be like, this is just like that time we fell into the nest of Gundarks. (laughs) 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 And he can go. (laughs) And a really awkward stilted laugh. It's not real. It's like the eighth take of him having to laugh. He doesn't feel it anymore. Um, (laughs) No, but no, I I agree. Like little world building lines is always fun. So it's a. Yeah. I think. Another big thing I think we should emphasize is that Luke's sacrifice really meant something. <laughs> and maybe reiterating <laughs> yes. that, like, in the opening crawl, like, after Luke sacrificed yeah. the mm-hmm. Battle of Crate, Yeah, that should probably matter more than it did. Probably. So, I kind of had a thought that, like, maybe as far as, like, where we open with our current heroes, like... You know in um, Rogue One, the whole scene on Jedha where we see, like, Saw's um, little militia group setting up this uh, bombing thing as the, you know, troopers are coming through and it's kind of like this pop-up little war that happens. I could see that happening, like, in a First Order-occupied town. Like, maybe the Resistance is trying to, like, there's a group of people who want to uh, defect and they gotta like get in and get them out. Maybe it's even a group of stormtroopers and Finn's leading the charge or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe seeing them actively recruiting people might be interesting and not something that we've really seen in any of the previous movies. You know, we mm-hmm. always just go to a resistance base and the rebellion or the resistance is there. They're there, yeah. Active recruiting might be cool. Jasmine, do you have any hopes and dreams for this movie? Anything that you've thought? I'm just trying to figure out whether I, what I want with Kylo, because I can't mm. figure it out. It's going to be that's a big one. That's going to be one. a discussion that I think happens until very late over in and over again. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I don't know. I yeah. and that was I know before the movie came out that was something that we talked about a ton in our like hopes and dreams and stuff episodes. Is like I don't think any of us could really agree on what should happen to Kylo. Uh, I, do we all think? he needs to be dead at the end of the movie one way or another i think i don't think anything should be off the table Hmm. Hmm. my i i think that if there's a good idea for him being alive in some way we should do it um but i'm also really wary (laughs) i'm also really wary of this being like well, the fans want this. Obviously, the fans love Kylo. We got to keep right. him alive so we can no. keep the stories going yeah. in the books and stuff. You know, I I want to. We don't. Have I don't any, want it to be yeah. the you know fan edit of Last Jedi with uh, Admiral Ackbar CGI'd in <laughs> instead of Leia or whatever. You know, right? No, I think we need to. We need to not worry about what happens after this movie because we don't have to worry yeah. about it at all. <laughs> so it's just you know, <laughs> yeah. How how yeah. What's the most satisfying um, ending for all of these characters? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think. Kylo's also going to get a Kylo question mark? <laughs> yeah, Kylo What do we do with mark? him? So far, we've got um, a lot of question marks. We're doing good. <laughs> well, that's... Yeah, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> you do. All right. Um, what do we do with Rose? Rose has to be in the movie yes, more. Yes, absolutely. She's just... I think she's just got to be in the mix. She's just got to be one of the crew. And I... 
I get that it's easier to have like a trio than to have four people because it's easier to just like bounce off a of three. But I, I think you gotta have, you know, you think of Han, Luke, and Leia. You don't generally think Han, Luke, Leia, Lando. At least me when I think right. of like the main three of Star Wars. Yeah, but Lando's obviously just as important in Return of the Jedi, even if he doesn't get as much screen time. But but also I think like. A lot of importance. I like seeing the three of them together, and I think we should definitely have moments where they're together. But I also yeah. think of, like, that's not really, like, the, we think of the trio as Han, Luke, and Leia, but they're the, not together the trio doesn't get together till like, an hour into A New Hope, and right. they're separate all of Empire, and they're separate most of Return of the Jedi. Like, they're not yeah. really a trio through most of those movies. Right. Um, it's usually just, like, two of them together, and the one by himself. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so I, I think I definitely want moments because, at, as we said in our commentary, one of my favorite moments in The Rise of Skywalker is the first time we see the three of them together when Poe, Ray, yeah. and Finn are all arguing. Finn is like the mediator. That's a great moment. So yeah. having something like that in the, mo- in the movie is great. But I also don't think it hurts the dynamic too much of that scene if you have Rose there and her, her and Finn are rolling their eyes at each other because Poe and right. Ray... Um, you can't get along. <laughs> You're like, I think that adds to it if you have Rose in scenes like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jake's eating so. his little Capri Sun. So cute. <laughs> I'm I'm eating the Capri Sun too, by the way. <laughs> I don't drink those foil things. bag and all. <laughs> Chomp them up. <laughs> uh, more Rose is what yes. we want. More Rose, no question mark. We want it. No exclamation point. Yeah. Emphatic. <laughs> okay. Um, I think. How if we wanna... are, are we gonna? Here's the thing, because we don't have to use all the new characters in The Rise yeah. of Skywalker if we don't want. Janna could easily be there as some of the stormtroopers that Finn recruits and everything mm-hmm. like that. But I also don't want to. Oh um, yeah, sure. I don't want to limit ourselves to just characters that are in The Rise of Skywalker because I think, as a group, we would all agree that we want. There needs to be a familiar, not a familiar, but just an alien in a main role, in a main speaking role. Yes. Hey, I agree. We I need agree. To, so we need to, at, at some point, come find a place for a new character, a new alien character. Okay. Yeah. I think that... Um, I'm just throwing this out there. A Rodian. <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> yeah. Could could this movie, in a way, throw us a Rodian? Could it throw could us it? a Rodian? If this yeah. is Grand Moff Talkin's episode nine, <laughs> it might throw us a Rodian somewhere. It might have to throw us a Rodian. I think that um, if we're saying that episode nine doesn't exist, then I don't think Janna exists. I, I hate to say that, I, but I but I also but, kind of agree Janna doesn't I exist. I like what you're saying. But you know, here's here's an idea. What if Finn is kind of in charge of his own battalion, like the 501st, but it's mm. like ex-Stormtroopers. Yeah. That'd be he neat. has his like Bad Batch crew. And maybe one of them is Janna. That's fine. Yeah. And maybe like one it. of them is like a Rodian tech. Like he yeah. used to, obviously the sure. Empire isn't going to let him be a stormtrooper, but he was like low level rank. Yeah. They gave him the honor of cleaning up the trash or something, you know. Yep. Um, I like that idea. I like the idea that I just said. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm only writing down my ideas. Hope that's cool. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going to, under Finn... But like, has his own battalion or crew or something. So we've been doing this for close to half an hour now. 
Are we going to try and keep mm-hmm. these episodes to about an hour as usual? I think keep them as long as we want. As long I'm as having we fun, want. and I don't want okay. this to end ever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I just wanted Jasmine's know. not. Her, her, <laughs> her eyes are wide, and she fun. clearly wants it to end as soon as possible. Um, and I'm not hearing any denial. No, no denial so at all. Wow, assume it's true. Wow, she does not like these episodes. It's early for the creative juices to be flowing. It is. This is the, we, Jake and I were talking about this. This is the earliest we've ever recorded yes. an episode. <laughs> it's weird. It's you know what is it Monday and it's eleven o'clock a.m. right now. Yeah, so it's that's a really just too weird early time. for our group. We just happen to all be off work, so we're, <laughs> yeah, like ah, let's do a podcast. Um, let's kind of go through the characters. We've got something for Finn now, mm-hmm. a possible avenue. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about Ray. I mean, do we want to maybe start with her having some potential Jedi recruits? I, I, I say that because I felt like I did like the idea of her like going through Luke's old texts and stuff, but we've seen so much of just like there's one Jedi left. And what are they going to do? It's all down to one Jedi. Mm-hmm. And it kind of feels like like the last Jedi ended with Luke definitively saying, I will not be the last Jedi. We cut to Rey. I yeah. don't feel like we need to see her as the last Jedi now. I feel like we need to see her starting the new Jedi. Starting the new Jedi. And she can be unsure of what that means and be mm-hmm. unsure of herself as a, as a leader. Being unsure of her legacy not feeling worthy of taking the place or whatever but i i think it's more interesting to see her in that position just because we've never seen it before mm-hmm. i'm just wondering how we uh introduce it in a way that doesn't feel cheesy like, I, i'm just where did I, this all come yeah from? yeah I'm, I'm sort of imagining a movie i'm trying to think of it in my head and like if it had started and ray was trying to train people in these kids were there not even kids but just like these these people who have some kind of affinity for the force and i don't know it just feels like kind of out of nowhere so i wonder if instead of starting the movie with her having people like that do does she f- run into someone at some point who, who she thinks is force sensitive she thinks and... is force sensitive or maybe what it's one of the other rebels mm-hmm. that she has like she yeah. senses maybe it's Finn. Honestly, I don't know. It could be Finn. Like you know, that could be their dynamic a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, is she's kind of the reluctant teacher, the Bastila Shan. Yeah, maybe arc. maybe she tells him mm-hmm. that. Yeah, because it, it would be very similar to Bastila, where Bastila is not qualified to be a teacher yet, and somehow right. gets stuck with mm-hmm. <laughs> this this person and has to help train them, and she's very unqualified. And that's kind of what Ray is. Even if Ray's a good or Jedi, like, she's not qualified to teach yet. Like Obi Wan and Anakin. Yeah. Obi Wan wasn't ready to teach. That could be another echo to the past, guys. It's like poetry. Another echo cheese. (laughs) Can we all agree that we want this to be like poetry and that it will rhyme? Yes. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) Obviously. I wrote pottery, it rims. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm going to write for Ray. um, Becomes reluctant. what do you what do you call those padawans and masters? <laughs> yeah, they we do call those that. Yeah, I think you do call I, those that. <laughs> I think Finn. Um, instead of going the whole movie and making it a weird plot point that he wants to tell Ray something. <laughs> yeah. What? How about we maybe just he have actually him, tells her something? Maybe he actually tells her something <laughs> near the beginning of the movie that he's like, you know, when we were on um, Takodana, I heard people screaming, and when. 
you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I, yeah, I feel something, you know, it's just a feeling. I've had a feeling. Maybe, you know how in Last Jedi, Ray talks about, it's like something there has always been inside me and now it's awake and I don't know what to do with it. You know, maybe she kind of says something like that to Finn and he kind of like, yeah, gets him thinking to back when he was on the front lines and he had that thing awakened in him. Mm -hmm. And then throughout. Maybe there's even a, a comedic scene with John Boyega who's very funny and he like tries mm-hmm. to lift something with the force. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm him. Just well, you're gonna <laughs> have to know. De- you have to write the script. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I think him describing. Write, I don't know in the script. <laughs> <laughs> I think w- him describing what happens, um, what happened on Jakku, to either Poe or to Rey could be cool, because in the Force Awakens. We never took any time because it's a J.J. Abrams movie. He never takes any time to think about what happened on Jakku and and how something in him did awaken, and that's when he decided like I can't do this anymore. And, and yeah, and he never spent any time reflecting why did my friends shoot all those innocent people and I did not. Mm-hmm. Um, so him right. describing that scene to Ray with maybe even like some flashbacks to that from force awakens or something just him talking to ray about yeah. the moment when he decided to stop being a stormtrooper would be a good scene to to sort of bust into all that i had a thought maybe like early on finn just seems like really in tune like with like what ray is thinking and even like finishing her sentences or like during like an opening just, let's make it oh funny. That's a, that's a funny thing that let's, always happens as people let's say that sandwiches. joke that's been in every sitcom I've ever seen. So let's put it in um, this one. And Frozen. <laughs> uh, and we'll put it in this one. Space sandwiches. We finish each other's... Space sandwiches. <laughs> at morning meal. Um, <laughs> what time is it? Look like, on your chrono. I need to go to the refresher. <laughs> get some calf. Get some calf. Ooh, let's definitely put in a lot of let's put heavy refre- Star let's put Wars refresher lore. in there somewhere. <laughs> Gotta have a refresher. But okay, in the, like whatever like opening action sequence, Finn and Ray are really in sync, and, and Finn seems to intuit a lot of like what Ray is going to do next, and she kind of notices that. And maybe like back at their base, Finn's giving a speech, some inspiring speech to maybe these new stormtroopers that they extrapolated from whatever this mission was or whatever his battalion is. And he talks about, you know, I remember when I was just like you guys, I was at the front lines and just something inside me, this feeling I had. And Ray is there listening to that. And she Mm. thinks about that. Mm. And she thinks back on how they were really in sync later. And she starts asking him some questions um, to try to kind of like ascertain if he uh, has the force. Yeah, I like that I a like lot. It. Because I just had an image of Finn leading a battalion of ex stormtroopers holding a lightsaber in the final oh, battle. Oh, and, and come like, on, that is that not the coolest thing that I've ever zone. imagined? Yeah. Yep. All right, write uh, that down. We're right, we're we're getting somewhere. Guys. So how how does Leia factor into all of this Jedi training? Because while you see I, her and she she waves. She, well, that's the, the thing. It's because like I enjoy the idea of Leia being. Um, someone who can train Ray and, and the others, but at the same time, does it make much sense with the footage that we have? Because she doesn't do a lot of training in the movie. It's just implied that she's been training her because we can't show that. Mm-hmm. But if Ray is sort of the one taking the lead of like training a new generation of Jedi, 
where does that leave Leia? Do we do we confine Leia to mostly leading the rebellion and sort of forget the Jedi stuff with her? I actually did. I did like the the notion of you know fulfilling that thing of there is another in Empire, which was obviously supposed to be Leia, and I I like the idea of her in some kind of training capacity. Can we but talk about that, that moment real quick, though? Sure. Okay. So, I I did last time I watched Empire, I just had this thought. Yoda is mad at Luke for leaving to go mm-hmm. rescue his friends. Mm-hmm. And Obi-Wan's like, so is that it? Are we screwed? And Yoda's like, no, there is another. But Luke is going to rescue the other hope. And if Luke doesn't go, then the other hope will probably die because it's Leia. And Luke is going mm. specifically to rescue Leia. So Interesting. Uh, what I'm saying is Empire Strikes Back is the worst movie ever made. <laughs> Plot hole doesn't make Plot hole doesn't make sense. But I did think about well, that last I time. Mean, and it's just like, hey, by the way, you don't want her to leave, but she's going to rescue <laughs> this other hope that you say is out there. You're right. I mean, obviously, when they did Empire, George Lucas didn't know that right. they, yeah. they didn't know it was going to be Leia. But yes. it's it's like the Vader twist where you watch A New Hope and it's like, oh, of course, that's what Obi-Wan meant when he was <laughs> right. talking to, you know, Luke. It doesn't. Yeah, you're right. A lot of the original trilogy, if you think about it too hard, is like, wait a minute, that doesn't make a ton of sense. (laughs) Well, Riley, it's because they didn't plan it, and that's why everyone hates the new trilogy, the original (laughs) trilogy. Yep, that's the reason. Anyway, okay, sorry to derail for a second. But we're planning everything right now. Yes. We're retroactively planning all this stuff. Okay, (laughs) so, I mean, do we have? the resistance base kind of start at Yavin and maybe that ends up being the Jedi temple like in Legends if we're going to do some fan service only if Dash Rindar's there no I don't know <laughs> only. that doesn't make any sense be crazy if he wasn't <laughs> crazy if he wasn't there um, that's not where they are to the Rise of Skywalker right Yavin? yeah no they're on okay. Agent Kloss my friend because you can't obviously, be anywhere obviously. familiar and you can't have anyone familiar in the movie even if it looks exactly <laughs> like another place, That's the thing. It, it can't can be, be that place. It can be another desert mm-hmm. desert planet or a jungle planet, but it can't be nope. the one you know. No, nope. <laughs> you can shoot it in the same place as Jeddah, but it's not Jeddah. <laughs> no, can't be Jeddah. <laughs> Even though it would totally make sense for this big festival to happen on Jeddah, although I guess at this point Jeddah is kind of mostly part of it's destroyed. But I don't know. Ah, it's been a long time, though. It's been a long time. I guess. I mean, I like the idea of. I like all these things that we got going on here. I do understand why you'd want a new planet for a base, because you'd think the Empire would... Uh, would think of Yavin. Have their eyes on you, like, hey, maybe this place we've been to before. Um, so, but I think it should be a new kind of planet. That That's one thing. My, my complaint with the sequel trilogy in large part is that there w- weren't a lot of interesting planet designs. There were some. But crate a lot of is, them crate crate is actually yes. very cool. Um, crate, Canto Bite. Canto Bite's cool. Huh, weird. Exegol's cool. Yeah, Exegol's cool. Um, is that it? <laughs> I mean, yeah. otherwise we just get like more variations of jungle, snow, and and yeah. lava, and like desert. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I would... I guess that's not really a big thing and it won't impact it you know the script too much but a no new but kind i think of introducing a new biome to star wars could be interesting yeah um although they're all taken you know we've had water we've had jungle desert lava yeah snow 
basically that's it. That's it. You do Tropical Island, tropical. but that's kind that's of Scarif. Scarif. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of did Marsh Wetlands in Mandalorian, that one village he went to. Yeah. So we are running out of things that exist in and real life. Naboo is kind of marshy in places. So let's talk about that. It feels like we should probably go back Include to somewhere. Yes. Jar-jar. Absolutely. <laughs> Just specifically like... for Jasmine's mom. Yes. We need to include Jar Jar. <laughs> and we we had the Ewoks in nine, so we got to keep those in this version too. <laughs> you got to keep Ewoks. I yeah. do think that like if there's going to be some big final battle, instead of it just being ships, it would be cool if it was like all of the creatures and species and stuff that we've seen, like all the ragtag groups coming together, mm-hmm. like. Gungans and Ewoks and those those guys. It would have been more interesting them. if like Palpatine actually posed a threat and we actually saw it. Instead, he just kind of was like, hey, I'm here and I have ships. And then he blew up one planet, but that's it. <clears throat> Do we want to explore the idea of destroying the Force? <laughs> I mean, I'm always into exploring <laughs> that idea. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that, um, oh, also I think it's things that we want to keep. I would, I would think force connection between Ray and Kylo. Yeah. Yeah. That mm-hmm. should stay. Um, yeah. Ray and Kylo, that's going to be a point of contention between the three of us. I think, cause I, I, I think I, where I, they end up will be a point of contention, mm-hmm. but I think their dynamic you know, up to the very end of the movie remained pretty much like it was. Yeah. Yeah. Last I, Jedi. I just always read in The Last Jedi, I read her, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm choking up here. I read her <laughs> closing the, the Falcon door as on, on Kylo and looking at Kylo as like, mm. you know, that's it. Her you, closing that door mo- metaphor. This, yeah. this was your chance. You had like multiple chances in this movie to to turn and to to be with me and you ruined it because I agree there is that romantic tension in there the Last is. Jedi yeah but I yeah. but I think the choices he makes in the Last mm-hmm. Jedi kind of like I I don't know why Ray would go back after seeing what he does in in the Last Jedi why she would be like no wait I do want to be with Ben now I don't know it, to me yeah. it felt weird I think and maybe I, we can write know, something that would mm-hmm. make it seem normal, but I don't think they did in Rise of Skywalker. I think that, you know, one of Ray's qualities is her compassion and her optimism. And I, I think her seeing light in him does make sense. You know, yeah. she's really yeah. disappointed in him in that moment in Snoke's throne room, where she says, you know, don't do this, Ben. Um, but I, I don't see her like overtly giving up on him. I think that, turns into a metaphor for <laughs> you, C- on my end you became a robot <laughs> oh. <laughs> when you went slow motion metaphor it was like metaphor, metaphor. <laughs> Louis C.K. released a special this week. Yes. <laughs> ah! um, and there's a tendency for straight white men to get chance after chance and and for yeah. people to be yeah. okay with them getting chance after chance. Mm-hmm. And I think giving Kylo another chance sends that message yet again that like, listen, I know Kylo's done some terrible things, but I mean, look at him. He's a white man. We got to give him another chance. <laughs> and I don't know how you know, many chances yeah. we have to give Kylo Ren. I mean, I think 
As a writer, I'm not rare. saying Ray does, has to be that way. I'm just saying as a writer, I don't know mm-hmm. how many chances we have to give Kylo Ren. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think this is where we got in that big conversation and our talk through, which is, you know, yes, Star Wars has political echoes of real life. I mm-hmm. mean, the Empire, the First Order, um, the World War II imagery. But also, it's aspirational. It's, it's fantastical. It's a story about hope. Like, it's it a is. fairy yeah. tale. It's a story about hope. Darth Vader ends up saving his son. And that is one of the things that made the la- that made Return of the Jedi so different from every other blockbuster. You know, it doesn't end with Luke slicing off Darth Vader's head in some epic way. And yeah. That's that why, would be anti-Star I don't know. Wars. That's why it feels like to me, like, Leia didn't really have an act not really have an active role in saving her son, so it didn't quite feel right. Han didn't really play an active role. He was just a memory. Like, why couldn't, can't we have Anakin actually play yeah. the active role? Mm-hmm. That that I makes more sense for a redemption for me. I, the only yeah, That's if, a big thing for me, is we gotta see Anakin. Yeah, yeah if we get more. Ben Demption, I think Anakin should play a role. Yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah. And if we get Ben Redemption. Well, I don't know. It's I, I agree that it's about hope and aspiration. Um, at the end of the Last Jedi, Kylo feels closer to Palpatine to me than he does to Darth Vader. Because um, when we think about like the redemption of of someone like Darth Vader, he's not the main bad guy of that movie. Mm-hmm. Palpatine comes in and he is the big bad guy of that movie. And and, right. and Vader is not the guy in charge, and he's the guy who who makes the shift. Um, in the Last Jedi, Snoke is the big bad guy, and Kylo is the one who almost comes in and makes the and makes the shift. He decides not to, and he becomes the big bad guy. Yeah. So with him, I'm I'm okay with Ben Dimshin if if Anakin is involved somehow, but at the same time, I'm okay with An or with Kylo being. Th- the Emperor Palpatine of the movie, where he might be beyond redemption, he might be the big bad guy, and maybe someone close to him, like Hux or something, is the one who switches sides and betrays him. But, but Kylo is kind of like the villain now, now that that Snoke is gone, and, and unless unless we're bringing Palpatine back in somehow, and but you know, I don't know. It's just to me that's how I always felt about Kylo at the end of the Last Jedi. Um, but it's, again, it's I'm just... not I'm not totally off board with the. It's hard when you look at because I, I agree with you to an extent of like where we leave off with Kylo, but between episode uh, eight and nine, we well and was that after we well anyway we got the Kylo Ren comics and that's kind of mm-hmm. like shaping my image too. Like Ben Solo is a good character. You you want to see Ben Solo mm-hmm. again, and it, it yeah it's it's hard because you want to bring it back. Yeah. But how do you do that in a a, a satisfying, acceptable way that doesn't I, I also just, make leave like a bad impression for you know people. <laughs> yeah, I I just don't want to tie us down to I'm I'm okay if we if we decide to go that direction, but I don't want to tie us down to the message of hope from this movie has to come from Kylo Ren being redeemed. Yeah, because there are many yeah. opportunities to to reinforce the idea of hope in Star Wars without Kylo coming back. Um, I mean, we've got we've got 
Finn and we've got Rey and we've got all these great characters who can deliver that message of hope and make it feel like Star Wars without um, us having to redeem somebody. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's my two cents. We'll figure no, that out I as think, we go. I think that's really important. Um, I think that for me, like my interpretation of where Kylo is at at the end of The Last Jedi, I think Louis C. Kylo. I'm sorry, it just popped in my head. (laughs) I'm sorry, it just popped in my head and I had to say it. (laughs) I'm glad that, you know what, this is where we get all of our good ideas and bad ideas on the table. So Louis C. Kylo is definitely going in there. But um, as a joke, that will be in the movie. (laughs) Oh my God, it looks crazy when written down. Um, my, My thought is, you know, in that moment where he says... You know, the Supreme Leader is dead, and Huck says, long live the Supreme... Yeah. The Supreme Leader, I'm sorry. Um, He obviously thinks he's Darth Vader in that moment. He thinks Mm -hmm. he's the big bad guy. But at the end of the movie, when he gets completely embarrassed in front of his entire team, in front of his entire order that he's inherited, and Luke disappears, the Rebellion slips out of their grasp because of his arrogance, like, the movie ends with him... Not on a throne, but on his knees, looking down and defeated and realizing he's made a mistake. And, you know, Luke's words were, if you strike me down in anger, I'll always be with you, just like your father. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that we don't leave Kylo in the same place. Like, I, we definitely set him up to be the main antagonist in the next movie. Yeah. But we don't – I don't think in that moment at the end of the movie that he's like, I am now full Palpatine. I'm now full – just generic. Yeah, he definitely bad doesn't have the now. confidence that Palpatine has. Yeah, he's he more still unstable. Is, That's true. He's still out of control. He's still unsure of himself. And I think what might be interesting, obviously, him <clears throat> communing with Anakin, I think, is going to be important. And I think maybe that, maybe part of that is maybe part of his goal through like the first half of the movie is communing with Darth Vader, he thinks. Um, Because it seems like the galaxy, from what we know of, like, the books and stuff, you know, Leia gets kicked off of the Jedi, or off of the Senate floor because the Senate finds out that she's Darth Vader's daughter. Yeah. So they don't seem to have any kind of concept of Anakin being redeemed or whatever. That's just something that Luke knows. Right. And he's told Leia. So Kylo wouldn't know that unless he was told about it by Luke. Right. In my like in my interpretation when I saw the Force Awakens for the first time was Kylo maybe got that helmet like from Luke, like maybe it was somewhere in the academy and it he thought that it was calling to him and he like took it when he burned it all down or something. Mm-hmm. Um but I think part of his goal should be to commune with Anakin and that conversation doesn't go how he thinks it's going to go. Like, he thinks he's going to call out to Vader and get some kind of wisdom or power, yeah. and instead Anakin shows up, well, and he's like, I did want you to finish what I started, but that's not what I meant. You know, I meant blah, I, blah, blah. I like the idea of Act 1 and 2, Kylo is talking to Vader, and it's James Earl Jones, and mm. we ultimately find out it is Palpatine or someone <sighs> like that, or Snoke. Right. And then right. Act 3, 
it's Hayden Christensen because he's actually talking to Anakin now. And mm-hmm. Anakin, like, at some point in Act 3, something happens and he desperately reaches out to, to Vader again, but it's Anakin this time because Palpatine has been weakened or something well, like that. Well, I don't that, know if know? it's just cold in my room or not, but I got chills when you said that. <laughs> so <laughs> No, I think that's great. I, <laughs> I think like that's that. really good. Because, I mean, when... When I first saw that scene in Rise of Skywalker, when Palpatine says, I've been every voice you've ever heard inside your mm-hmm. head, and we heard James yeah, Earl Jones' that's cool. voice, I was like, ooh, that, that's a yeah. cool idea. That's the kind of thing that Palpatine would do. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea – I like the idea that Ray and, and Kylo are on these similar trajectories where they're each seeking knowledge from old masters um, and ultimately not getting what they expect. Because they know, haven't like, – let the past die. <laughs> Neither one of them. I haven't let the past die. No, yeah. like like Kylo says, that's what he needs to do. But he's a hypocrite, and he is looking for wisdom from people from the past. Mm-hmm. And right, Ray is as well. Yeah. And and maybe the end of the movie is Ray s- deciding, hey, listen, what they did is helpful. I need to start something new. Yeah, maybe she could even call him out at some point for being a hypocrite, like, yeah. you know, like what happened to let the past die or whatever. Um, it seems like. I do think a good idea is both the resistance and the first order both going after the same thing and one side having to get to it first. And if that could tie into um, whatever Kylo's goals are of increasing his power or whatever, that would be good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I can't think of what that would be. I mean... I think one thing we don't want to see is another super weapon. I'm just going to write that down as a given. Yeah. <laughs> you mean you don't want thousands of big I super weapons? I do not want miniaturized <laughs> Death Star tech. Listen, I don't want one super weapon, but have a 5,000 <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah. I, I think if we go for character motivations, that seems to have generated the most ideas so far is just talking about character. Mm-hmm. And I think we worry about specific plot points I, later. I feel like... Um, I feel like the First Order's motivation should be because they're being led by Kylo and he's kind of on a singular mission of I hate Rey and the Jedi and all these Mm. people and my mother and like his mission should be more than like let me terrorize the galaxy with all my giant super weapons and it should be let me find the this group of people and crush them and then I'll go about terrorizing the the Mm -hmm. the galaxy but like maybe his goal like maybe like his stated goal will be to like um snuff out hope yeah because that like snoke said in i don't know if it was last jedi or force awakens like as long as the jedi live hope lives mm-hmm. um and so i think if they can if that's his more of his stated goal then that would be better trying to wipe out the potential for any future Jedi. And yeah, specifically trying to wipe out these these heroes of the Rebellion. Yeah. These disciples of Well, yeah, because he Luke was supposed to destroy what Vader started. So mm-hmm. why is he not doing mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Get rid of those dang Jedi. <laughs> those dang Jedi. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as like them having an active goal, I feel like... When you were talking about, like, the the complex nature of bringing back Kylo, like, redeeming him, so to speak, Mm -hmm. I think the interesting thing about that is, let's say Kylo turns, you know, there's, it'd be interesting if there was not a blow-up 
button to the whole thing. You know, a fascist regime, that, that's an ideology. That's not something that just you can explode. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as hope lives, but there's also people that want to destroy that hope also lives mm-hmm. on. So I think if it was a more complicated you want it to be Flash Gordon and you want it to be exciting, but I think for the final movie, it would be appropriate to get a little heady and be like, if, can we ever actually stop wars? If we do, <laughs> if we do redemption, what about coming from the angle of the First Order is kind of in shambles because of Kylo's leadership and because of his singular focus on Rey and on these things mm-hmm. like that? And at some point, this is a lot to do in a two and a half hour movie or whatever, but at some point, does Kylo get kicked to the curb in the First Order? Is there a coup against Kylo mm-hmm. in First Order? And now he's suddenly, like, alone. I like that. Um, Maybe they send his own knights against him. Yes. Ooh, and, when, yes. and when he's alone is when Anakin shows up and says, hey, I listen, like I've been here. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the way you want to do it. You know, at that point, Palpatine stops talking to him, and it's mm-hmm. really Anakin, and and that's the moment where he where he switches. Um, and, yeah, and and I still don't know if I want him to be alive at the end of the movie, and if I want him and Ray to kiss. But at at that point, like it would it would feel more natural that he came from like I s- running the first order into the ground to yeah. being nowhere to being. I good. still I like the idea of if we're gonna do Ben Demption of him, uh giving himself for Rey because that very much follows what Vader, well, what Anakin did and it's yeah. it's, a, it's a similar storyline. I like it and it's good. I like reverse reverse yes. Anidala. I like- and I know we're I know we're going to argue about the kiss but like man, at the rise of Skywalker if he gives his life for Rey and he dies right then and they don't kiss, I'm so much more on board with Ben Demption it. no, as, it's, it. as it's put yeah. forth in the rise of Skywalker. Right, I think it'll depend on what our story leads up yes, to. Yes, and like yeah, how much interaction yes. they have throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Right. Um, what was I going to write from all that? Because I feel like you just said a lot of good things. Oh, okay. Kylo being kicked out of the overthrown. first order, overthrown yeah. because of his singular focus on Rey. And then, yeah, Price and Hux and whoever are just like, get out of here. We've got a galaxy yeah. to rule. And then Jen, Jen, and then Ben has to join with the the rebels to take down Hux. As I, I mean, I like, I like it. I like the more I've thought about Hux's arc in the Rise of Skywalker. Like, I really enjoyed it the first time, but it kind of, it kind of feels like a little flat to me now. It's not a lot. It's yeah. not a lot, and I, I kind of like Hux. I mean, Hux is a scary dude through all these movies. He gets trashed by kylo a lot but like he is the most relevant to our current times of like this is what a a villain a real life villain looks like is it someone like general hux Mm -hmm. so i like the idea of him being in charge of the first order and things just like and then the first order just going really crazy with their evil from that point on Yeah. yeah i would agree i would agree and even if Kylo doesn't like join up with the resistance specifically, mm-hmm. I kind of like the way Rise of Skywalker did it of like having him just go in by himself right. solo, so ah. to speak. And, you know, just like him in a blaster and just yes. like, I'm going to 
figure this out. Who cares? Like because again, I, his, I do his like focus the is I, still on Ray, not on anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I like I like all this stuff, and I think you could easily be, get to a point pretty quickly where it's. You know, we only needed to see one scene of Kylo Ren throwing a temper tantrum to understand exactly who this dude is. <laughs> right. <laughs> and how everybody sees him. So I think now that that guy's in charge, if we see him on the throne dealing with something in a really immature way, maybe with some, like, leader of some system that they really needed their resources, now Kylo is just ticked them off instead yeah. of creating an ally, he's just creating another enemy or mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Yep. Um, because of their interaction with him, now they're more sympathetic to the rebellion instead of us, you idiot. That kind of thing. Yeah, because the way the Rise of Skywalker works, he's kind of not really. You could very easily see him getting overthrown in that movie. It just doesn't happen. But like, but it right. kind of does because you have Price talking to Palpatine mm-hmm. at some point, and it's just like oh, Pride, Pr- yeah, or Pride, yeah, not Pride. Pride has been talking to Palpatine this whole time apparently, and he's like. That's really who he's following. I mean, Kylo doesn't really seem he doesn't really seem like he's in charge. He kind of just seems no, like he's doing he his doesn't. own thing. He's doing his own thing. Yeah. There's and there's a lot I mean, there's a lot more in the book that like implies that yeah, Hux is trying to get him kicked out. Mm-hmm. People are unsure about his leadership, you know, blah blah blah. But let's make that more overt and yes. make that make that thing. This guy is not fit and that's, to lead. And that's what puts him at rock bottom and and that's when he has to really come to grips with who he is and what he's done. It also puts, as far as, you know, Kylo and Rey having these dual arcs, if she's in a position where now she has to be a leader and she's unsure of the kind of leader she's going to be, doesn't feel fit to lead. Meanwhile, Kylo is so overconfident, ridiculous, mm-hmm. but he's kicked out of his leadership position because he's not fit to lead. Yeah. I yeah, would like, I think, I would like more leader Rey. Um, she doesn't yeah. do much leading in the movie. Mm-hmm. She does a lot of going off and doing her own thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because they kind of set up like, you know, Poe saying, we need you out there, mm-hmm. not down here. Yeah. And it's like, you're right. But then she doesn't really hit the point where she's like leading the charge specifically. No. Which I guess, you know, Luke kind of doesn't either. He kind of sneaks off the middle of the night to go he confront does. Vader. But, but she's supposed still to be... kind of identify Luke as one of the, you know, everyone yes. in the rebellion is like, ah, oh, Luke Skywalker. And also, Rey is supposed to be growing beyond luke you know like she, right she yeah. can she can take a new role and she can be better than luke was yeah yeah i definitely think if we're going the route of um rebuilding the rebellion and all that um i think you can have leia there as a background presence and maybe give a few words of wisdom without having to have her be so central yeah and maybe we could have a moment even using the same footage of Leia from The Last Jedi, but having another moment where Kylo connects with her, but this time instead of looking, you know, terrified and unsure of what to do, suddenly he looks assured and like, mm-hmm. I know what I need to do now. Instead of like having a weird like silhouette of her saying Ben and we don't really know what, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's my thought. Yeah, that's definitely the thing that could happen. Yeah, the Leia stuff is definitely yeah. the toughest part, the biggest challenge just, that they had. It would feel wrong thematically to have her have nothing to do with him. Yeah, coming back if we're gonna do that, and it feels right to in some way have him. Yeah, you know, turn it. Just to me personally, I yeah. think you just you can't help but root for 
this redemption as long as we don't make it easy for him and as long this as feels he like too, doesn't get off scot-free this feels like too much for this movie especially with the limited leia footage we have so i don't think it would work but it would be very interesting to have a scene with her um and anakin like in, in almost the same way because she's got some unresolved issues with vader as well um she obviously has more of a reason to hate Vader than Luke ever did, which is why Luke was always on board with it more than she was. Mm-hmm. But but she's a I, she's a good um audience perspective of someone like me who is like she doesn't ever want to forgive Vader for what he did. Uh she's not on board with Vader's redemption. And just like I'm not on board with Kylo's redemption. So if she could get on board with with Vader, with Anakin at some point in the movie, then that would, you know, open the way for people like me to be on board with kylo mm-hmm. but again that's something i don't think really works with the footage we have of leia oh boy what you could do is if leia still dies at some point mm-hmm. maybe she just passes quietly into that good night <laughs> or whatever that poem is yes um and that happens before kylo communes with Maybe. Okay, here, here's a thought, just like an image of something in my head. I'm going to try to describe it, right? Leia is just not in good health. As she lays down to die, Leia's down. we can use Leia's down to die. We can use footage of her from The Last Jedi of her laying down in that medical bed, right? Mm-hmm. And just kind of CGI it to look like a different kind CGI of bed. CGI new clothes on <laughs> CGI new clothes. New hairstyle. And in her final moments... As Kylo maybe is being run out of a First Order facility because he's been overthrown. He's just trying to escape with his life. She reaches out to him and we see that like cross cut between the two of them. And she kind of does call out to him one last time. He he sees her in that moment Mm -hmm. and he knows that his mother has died in this terrible moment. And when he goes to confront when he feels like he's alone later and he's got Vader's helmet with him or whatever, and Anakin shows up, and that's the Hey Kid moment uh, in this movie. Maybe it ends with, you know, Kylo saying, but I'm but I'm alone, and he's like, but you're not alone. And then Luke and Leia, as Force Ghost, show up next to Anakin, mm-hmm. kind of comforting him. Yeah. Um, he's a part of this legacy, um, and if Luke and Leia can get along with their dad, he'd try to kill him a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm-hmm. no one's no one's ever no truly one's, gone. No one's ever truly gone. And you so can, maybe you that can repurpose that line. No one's ever truly gone thematically repurpose it as like no one's ever truly completely fallen mm-hmm. where they can't. Which is what I think. Yeah. Which is what I think Luke meant in yeah. that moment in Last yeah. Jedi when Leia says, I, I know that my son is gone. He says no one's ever really gone. Yeah. So I I think that could be a thing. We could have him in some way see Leia without her having to say anything to him. Last Jedi is so good. I'm just thinking about that scene. <laughs> I'm just thinking about that scene where he's like, no one's ever truly gone. And then it's like, it's got the double meaning of Kylo is there's Kylo still in there. And also here's your husband's dice because Han is never really mm-hmm. gone either, even though he's not one. With the yeah. Force. What a good movie so that was. Good. It's really good. And I think that's another thing that as we write and rewrite, if we can parse things down like that to try to get things in 
All we need to do is write a movie as good as Ryan Johnson. (laughs) All we need to do is be as good as an Oscar uh, nominated screenwriter. That's all we have to do. That's that's all we got to (laughs) do. If there's, you know what, you know who's an Oscar writer screenwriter is uh, Oscar winning screenwriter is Chris Dario. I think we can write something as good as him. (laughs) That's true. I think we can. If there's one thing I wish that we could swap around, I wish we could take the last scene of the Last Jedi of Little Broom Boy. And put it at the end of episode nine and make it be like him talking about Ray Skywalker and her mm. little legend, I think. Mm. Yeah. Could, could, Do, like, we could have a similar thing of another kid I just think talking it's weird about to have, another cool thing. You know, here's, twice here's in a row, thing. but. Do we bring that kid back for the end of the movie the first day of yes. training at Ray's Academy? And he's talking to one of the other students, and he's like, "Do you know who's teaching our le- lesson today? It's Ray Skywalker, or something like that." <laughs> That'd you know? be cute. Yeah, where it's that same kid, and he's now going to learn. Yeah, I don't. Know. I think, I think another thing that probably needs to, because if choosing your legacy is a theme of these movies, which I, I'm going to write that down, um, then we need to also address the fact that both the Jedi and the First Order would recruit from kids who had no idea what their future was going to be. Right. Who had no you know, choice. We need to allow. Right. We need to allow people to choose their own mm-hmm. destiny. And I think that's something that probably needs to be reckoned with. Yeah, that could be another outdated teaching of the Jedi Order that you have to start early. Um, right. You know, maybe Ray is recruiting from people who can actually make that choice. I had a. Uh, I had a thought um, soon after Rise of Skywalker came out, like, how cool would it have been if when Rey feels like she's defeated and she goes to Octo and she talks to Luke, which is an idea that I, I like. And what if it intercut between Luke talking to Rey and Anakin talking to Kylo? They're both kind of saying the same thing. Like, when you cut between them, the dialogue follows. They're both giving more or less the same lesson and they're each being taught by this old master who has risen to pass on to them. Like Ray could have a similar moment where she needs yeah. a lesson or I don't know, maybe not. Yeah, I like that image. She's too cool. <laughs> maybe did you say maybe it's too cool? Uh, no, I said maybe she's too cool. Oh, <laughs> I think I don't know, maybe it won't work. Maybe it's too cool for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's too good of an idea. We can't put that here. <laughs> if we have an unlimited budget, which we do um, we do. I want to pay Dennis Lawson a lot of money and have Wedge more in the movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah. than one line. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I will pay him $100 million to just be in the background of a lot of the rebellion scenes and maybe say a few things. I'm trying to think of... Because, it, I mean, you, you want an ending where there's a space battle and where there's a ground battle. Yeah. Yeah. You, you just it. You want it I want in it. Star Wars. I want this to be the best and space battle yet. <laughs> and that's all we're going to write we'll in the script. put that in the script. That's all we're going to write in the script. They fight, and it's the best fight yeah. we've ever seen. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which then, if we're, this is be the quality if we're having Kylo start his redemption like halfway through the movie again, we might miss out on a cool... Kylo and Rey fight, which I would be sad about. They should definitely have a fight. Okay. Yeah. Because we've never, I mean, I guess we saw them fight at the end of 
Force Awakens, but I I think you want something like that Death Star fight. Yeah. You want the two of them to have to fight. And I like the idea of her going too dark and almost killing him. Mm -hmm. I think that's a cool idea. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think we need them to so have a real then what is the big bad guy fight at the end, then? I think that's the that's yeah. the tricky thing. That's the tricky thing. Yeah, because if we're redeeming what, Ben, but here's the then, and yeah. and Palpatine is spooky. Mm -hmm. I think you got to go the Rogue One route. There was not a main bad guy that had to be killed in Rogue There's One. There's just a their winning, goal. Everyone is winning. Was to yeah get a mm -hmm. thing and transmit a message. So there was one central goal that everyone was working towards, but there didn't have to be a main bad guy that had to be defeated. Like, you know, Krennic was just or basically just running around yelling at people mm -hmm. that whole time. Yeah. Eventually he gets in like, you know, he tries to shoot Jin or whatever. But I think that could be Hux in that role. You know, Hux is scrambling to try to keep up with the rebellion. Um but I and I think Rogue One has the best third act of like any Star Wars movie. And there's not it's very good. Yeah. No one's trying to kill Vader. No one's mm -hmm. trying to blow up the Death Star. Right. I just had a I just had a thought in my head of a cool action scene. I don't yeah. know if this works. But well, I just we're writing down everything. Um. Yeah. Just throw it in there. Of of Kylo and Ray confronting Palpatine's Force Ghost. Um, and, and we have seen, we have seen that someone like, like Yoda can, <laughs> he can shoot lightning as a force ghost and Luke can lift an X-wing as a force ghost. So we know that they can have an effect on the material world. And I'm wondering if like a, a cool visual would be them trying to fight this force ghost and not really knowing how to attack it. And it's just like flying around and pushing them and almost making them hit each other and stuff. I don't know. It's just a, it's just a visual idea. I don't yeah. know how it would work into the story, but I think a visual of them like floundering around trying to fight something that they can't really see or attack is, is an interesting visual idea. I like that too. Maybe the idea is like, I like the idea of like the first order thinking, wait a minute, if we can have the emperor, we don't need Kylo. What are we doing with this? Yeah. So maybe like, if Kylo kind of learns that he's been communing with the Emperor and not Vader, and the Emperor kind of shows himself in some way, mm -hmm. um, maybe he kind of takes control of Hux? Hmm. Like, kind of like possesses him in some way? Maybe. Yeah. Have we seen that? In, I guess we haven't really seen that in any movies or anything, have we? I'm trying to think. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Don't. It's an idea. Yeah, it's an idea. Put it on the idea pile. We're not throwing anything can, out right now. Can Palps possess people? Can Palps possess? Palps possess. Palps possess. Um, Let, we haven't talked we, about Poe even a little bit. What is Poe? Not even honestly, I was about to say for Poe. <laughs> yeah, doesn't need an arc. He can just be cool. That's what I I'm think thinking. So. Like, yeah. I, I, we need Rise of Skywalker is sorely lacking a cool Poe flying moment. Like, he's flying at the end, but he does absolutely nothing cool. He doesn't have, like, a specifically cool thing like he did in He doesn't uh, have a Takodana or a Last Jedi beginning of the movie. Mm. He doesn't have a moment. He needs a moment. Yep. So that's something we need to figure out is what is Poe's really cool flying moment in the movie, and where does it happen and all that. 
Yeah, I'm but, thinking of like you know, like Han Solo in Return of the Jedi doesn't have like an arc or anything. He just is cool. He's just yes, Han Solo. Yeah. I think that can be Poe. Poe yeah. just knows who he is now. We know who Poe is. He can just be Poe. Yep, he's a, he's the de facto leader, even though Leia is still alive at the beginning. Like he's, he's right. The... Well, my cat just threw up again. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> That's I not good. feel like maybe this is a good spot to call it a maybe. day. <laughs> okay, okay. Um. Because I'm going to have to clean up some more puke. Awesome. Um, but I think we have a lot of cool yeah, ideas. we got a good start. Yeah. We're going to do work off mic, mm-hmm. I think, to maybe compile this. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about it in Discord at times. Yes. And by the next time we record, I think we'll have more stuff written down. We'll have maybe some kind of vague, really vague plot. Mm-hmm thread going like generally this thing happens and then this thing happens mm-hmm. yep yeah because we'll we still don't have more a, specifics we still don't have an ending so that'll be a big thing next time is if we can we lock down on what our ending is or something like that too and now doordash is here so anyway uh <laughs> good place to end the episode good good job guys we did it we did it this has really not been the relaxing day i'm so so sorry pal <laughs> no it's anyway. okay um, Anything else? Okay. No, Nothing I think we left. did it. All right, we did it. We did it. Well, we'll be back in a month <laughs> with maybe more well, solid we'll be back ideas. Next week. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll be else. back. Jake, I gotta with go. This Jake's gotta series. go. Okay, but anyway, <laughs> this has been delicate, curated, long-form discussion of the, the international globe of Cyrus Sire, tailored to modern fanatic, brought to you lovingly and weekly years by the glacier that soothing voices of your host, Riley. That's me. Jake. <laughs> is not here he's on the phone with his doctor because he's sick all the time and me jasmine bye Ooh, my doctor is calling me. Hang on. Okay. Quick. I'll be right back too. Okay. This is Jake. Hello, everyone. No one can hear me. They can't even hear my recording. They've stepped away. Jake has stepped away to talk to his doctor. Jasmine has stepped away to do something else. And it's just me. It's fun to write scripts with my friends. I wish it hadn't taken them so long to read the script that I sent to them. Because I'm having a fun time, and this would have been fun to have friends help me on mine. But, you know, I guess you can't always get what you want. You can't always have good friends who support you in your hobbies and your hopes and dreams. But I guess I, I'll just take take what I can get and just be happy that they're now speaking to me and we're writing something together. Because I guess that's all I, that's all I really wanted was friendship this whole time that they were ignoring the script that I sent to them. I just wanted friendship.